0: It's also the end of the year, so January is just around the corner. And what does that mean for us here at Treeline? It means 21 days of prayer is coming up. So, so excited for this. You're like, excited for prayer? Yes. Why? Because prayer is first. Treeline was birthed in prayer. It's all about prayer. We pray first. It's not an afterthought, and we want that to carry over in our personal lives. We want to know that we can start, just like when we give, when we tithe, we give that first fruit, so it's first 10%. We want to tithe. We want to give back. We want to give the first first fruits of our prayer life in January. So starting on January 8th through the 29th, we're participating in 21 days of prayer, and we'll also be doing some fasting. If you don't know what that is, we've got a great section on our website that breaks it all down. It's called 21 Days of Prayer. You can read about fasting, the different types of fasting. Fasting just means basically going without food or going without social media. Something that you're going to say, instead of focusing on this, I'm going to actually, you know, suffer a little bit. I'm going to sacrifice this to show God that I am serious in my prayer life. So it's not like a super spiritual thing. Look at me. It's just showing, hey, God, I mean business with this. I'm serious. I really need you to intervene in my life, in this church. And so we're going to be doing that over 21 days. Some people will fast like maybe once a week or maybe a, a lunchtime or whatever. Some people will fast for a week or a couple weeks. Some people will fast the whole time or just do a liquid diet, whatever. It doesn't matter. God's not looking at that. It's not like it's more spiritual if you do more. He just wants to know that you're serious about this, that we're going into this hard, right? We're all in on this. So there'll be lots of more information coming out. Check your email, website, social media will be out there. You can't miss it. We've got 10 de- prayer declarations that we're believing as a church for the year 20. 20 so you can get involved with that. And then to end it all together, we're going to get together for a sacred assembly. The last Wednesday after we break the fast, we're going to get together as a church. We're going to worship, we're going to pray, and we're going to celebrate in the new year what God is going to do in your life and what God's going to do with this church. Man, I hope you are excited about this. I can't wait. So we are in our Joy to the World series, and we've been talking about joy in our lives and where joy comes from. And if you missed last week's message, I really encourage you to go listen to that one on the podcast, or you can watch the video on Facebook, or you go to the website and listen. And this was a really critical message. and got a lot of feedback from this last week, the understanding where joy comes from. And I want to continue talking about this, how we can continue to be intentional this season when it comes to cultivating joy. Boy. We all like to win. Do you like to win? Matter of fact, if you are married, if your spouse likes to win, let me show you hand. if they're competitive. If your spouse is competitive, okay, got your hand. Some of you are like, like racing your spouse who's going to be competitive first to get their hand in the air. And I understand this. My wife, Christy, she is a sweet, loving person, but she has got this competitive streak. And it's like, she'll be playing board game with the girls and mom plays to win, right? It's not like, oh, we're going to let the win. It doesn't matter if it's shooting ladders. You just got schooled child, right? You go down that chute. I'm up on the ladder up here, right? Like mom likes to win. She just has that competitive streak and I love her for it. It's really fun. And I remember one time growing up, my dad wasn't the most competitive person. He was really competitive when he was watching football. It was the most fired up I would see when the Steelers were out there playing, and he would get really fired up. And we all like to win, especially on a day like today, right? When the Steelers are playing Sunday night football, the Buffalo. And some of you met Ryan, you saw him on the screen early. He's from Buffalo, pray for him. He's got the Buffalo shirt on. If you just see, I know, just be praying for him 21 days of prayer, just really on your knees. We're believing for a breakthrough in his life that's going to happen. Someone just get him a Steelers jersey. We'll convert him. It's good. It's good. So we want to see them win, and we like to win. And I remember my dad rooting for him, but he wasn't the most most intense person when it came to competition. Matter of fact, he was a rule follower. I don't remember him even really speeding much. It was like a couple miles over or at the speed limit. But I remember one time I was in college, and we were home for a break. And we were out, I believe that Pizza Hut, out in Moon. And I had drove my car my 92 Chrysler LeBaron, come on somebody, it was French, it was beautiful, it was white, red velvet leather interior, it was amazing, just a great car, V6, vroom vroom, I loved that car, and I remember we were driving back out there um, on the highway, coming out of Moon, where the old airport was, towards um, where the new airport is, and I remember at one point, I just I was like, gonna pass my dad on the highway, I'm like, I'm just gonna pass him, this is fun, right, and so I go up to pass him, and my dad's like, nope, he floors the thing, right, and I, I was like, what is happening right now? And so, I, you know, being a man, what do I, I'm, like forward, I'm like, I'm not going to let my dad beat me. And so we're out here flying down the road. I look down. We're doing like a 100 miles an hour. I can see my mom white-knuckled from the other car, like, looking at my dad, like, what are you thinking, right? He was not going to let me around him, right? And so we're pushing like a 100. We're going like, Pat, I'm like, I can't believe this is happening right now because everyone likes to win, right? He's probably thinking, I'm not letting my punk kid come up here in that LeBaron thinking He's going to pass me right now. No way. I've got this. And we all all Like to win, right? We like to even win randomly, like raffles, right? 50-50s. Was at the Steeler game a couple of weeks ago. My brother got free tickets and we went. Did you see the amount of money you can win in those raffles? It's nuts, it's crazy. And I even remember a couple of weeks ago, we went to a science fair for our girls. They've been involved with a couple of those for over the past several years. And the first year we went, we found out that if you're participating in the science fair, you go around, you get your little card checked off that you did all the things at the science fair, they enter you to a raffle. And so everyone waits at the end because they do it at the end. So God forbid you leave because you're not going to win. And they raffle off these, I mean, they're okay. I mean, it's like a science game. I mean, how fun can that be? I mean, kids got iPods and iPads and every piece of technology, but they've got to be there for it. I got to get the 250-piece manatee puzzle. Come on, baby. Papa needs a brand new pair of shoes. And so they're sitting there waiting, right? And my girls, they didn't win the first year. And so after that, Lily, she was like, my daughter, she was like, we're not doing the science fair next year. I'm like, why? She's like, I didn't win anything. I'm like, well, that's not why we do the science fair, right? But we like to win, right? It's like someone's got to pick my number. And sometimes that's what happens. Sometimes it's just a random chance. Sometimes it's the lottery. Last week, um, Barb shared with me, she's like, if I win the lottery, I'm going to buy Treeline its own building. I'm like, I know what my 21 days of prayer and fasting will be focused on. So I say, you know, I'm like, come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Come on. Winning a lot of Powerball in Jesus' name, Right. We like to win. Sometimes it happens by chance, but sometimes it's not chance at all. Sometimes it's skill. Sometimes your number is just called. Sometimes you win the lottery. Sometimes your raffle ticket is drawn and you win. And sometimes it's a game of skill. It's something that you've got to develop. Matter of fact, I don't know if you've ever been a part of any kind of county fair or state fair where they do the competition and they grow fruit and vegetables to like ungodly sizes. It's like what steroids are those things on? Those things need a test right now. That's not normal. Don't eat that, right? And so I was taking a look at this and take a look at this pumpkin in the back of this dude's trunk, like, come on. That, that, that doesn't happen. That's like cultivated. That takes some time. It wasn't like you just walked out in the garden and were like, look at the size of this pumpkin. It's huge right now. That just doesn't happen. And so we've got the winner. Um, Taking a look at this one um, from 2015. It was over 2,600 pounds in Belgium. I mean, come on, this takes some serious skill. This dude loved on this pumpkin. I mean, how to get it to that size, the amount of understanding, the knowledge, the cultivation, he need to take care of it, feed it the right thing, water it, nutrition, right, temperature, right, probably had a little tent over it, probably snuggled with it with a blanket, called it nice things, hey, baby, what's up, pumpkin, right, spoke life into that thing. He cultivated that pumpkin. Right, It takes skill. It's not always a chance. And see, this this happens sometimes in our spiritual life that we can cultivate it. Sometimes we think that it's just this game of chance and we just pray this prayer lottery. Right? It's like if I just pray, maybe God will just pick my number up in heaven today. My number was drawn. My prayer is answered. Hallelujah. But sometimes what we got to understand is it's not a game of chance. It's all God's grace. But sometimes in our spiritual life, we've got to cultivate it. We've got to cultivate it. It's not something that just happens on chance, that it's intentional. It's not just hitting the sweet spot with God and then he'll do something in our life that sometimes we've got to cultivate it. And here's what I want to give you today. And if you're taking notes, this would be something great to write down is this statement. If I want to win, if I want to live a winning life, I have to cultivate it. If I want to live a winning life, I have to cultivate it. It's not about the prayer lottery. It's not about getting spiritually lucky. It's all God's grace. But sometimes there's some effort that we have to put into it. Sometimes we have to cultivate it. See, this season, we have a pretty incredible opportunity, right? Because it's the Christmas season. We just came out of Thanksgiving. We have family get-togethers. And sometimes you see some people we haven't seen in a while, right? And you get to that family gathering, and you're like, oh, my goodness. I haven't, it's you. It's you. I haven't seen you in so long. And you throw the, your arms around him, and you hug him, and you're so excited, right? And you're just like, all the good times, all the memories, let them roll. Remember that one time I smoked you in the Le Baron? Remember that? That was amazing. And you have those great memories together. And then sometimes... Just sometimes you get there and you're like, oh, it's you. I can't believe it. Right? So good to see you. Oh, right? And it's just the total opposite reaction. And so we have those people that we want to see, and then there's the people that we kind of have to see, right? Right? because they're family and we got to get together and I guess we'll tolerate them. But what we've got to understand is that we have an opportunity in this Christmas season over the next couple of weeks that we have an opportunity to cultivate the most important relationships in our lives. I want to talk to you for a moment about this chapter, this verse in the book of Galatians. And I want to read this to you and I want to break it down to help us understand how we can begin to cultivate the relationships in our life. In Galatians 6, Starting in verse seven, it says this: Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. And so I want to take a moment and talk to you for a moment is something that is called the law of the harvest, the law of the harvest. Just like there are laws in life, like there's the law of gravity, right? And so the law of gravity says what goes up must come down, right? If I throw this bottle of water, it's coming down. Why? Because the law of gravity is there. You can deny it. You can say it doesn't exist. But if you trip, you fall. Why? Gravity. And so the same thing is true in the law of the harvest. And it says whatever it is you sow, whatever seed you put out there in your life, you are going to reap that back. That's the law of the harvest, and this works in every area of our life. I want to continue in verse 8, and it says this, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Basically saying, like, if you're all about yourself, and you're just out there just trying to get what you need, you're just going it's not going to be great, right? You're going to pretty much get what you deserve, but whoever sows to please the Spirit, to please God from the Spirit, will what? Will reap eternal life. We talked about this word last week, eternal life, that it's not just talking about a ticket to heaven. It's not just talking about spending eternity with God in heaven. That's part of it. But this word life comes from the Greek word zoe, which means life that, cannot, life that cannot be destroyed. It's life from God that he gives to us. It's so much more than just life in heaven with God, but that God wants us to experience this gift that he's given us, living life to the fullest here on the earth. And this verse reminds us that we want to please the Spirit. See, this should be our one focus, and this is something that I begin praying in the mornings when when I wake up, my head's still on that pillow, and my eyes open. This is something that I say, today, God, I just want to please you. That's what a life looks like, sowing into the Spirit. And when we sow into the Spirit, when we sow into God, when we're living a life that pleases Him, it's saying that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is going to work it out in our lives. Verse 9 says this, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest, if what? If we do not give up. Sometimes it takes time, right? And we get this. We get these agricultural references to the Bible, right? We're, we're, you know, in the city, but we're suburbs. We understand it. I watched a documentary once, and they were in an inner city, and they were asking kids, like, what plant cheese came from. And I'm like, oh, come on. But we get this, right? We understand the agricultural reference. And sometimes it takes time. You put that seed in the ground, and it doesn't always happen immediately. In verse 10, it says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to who? To all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. See, friends, we have an opportunity this Christmas season. We have an opportunity as we get around the people who should be the most important relationships in our lives. We have an opportunity to be intentional to cultivate those relationships. And see, sometimes they can think, well, Once they change, maybe if God answers some prayers and they change, then some good will come out of this. But this verse makes it clear that it's not just waiting for people who we don't like to once we like them. It says to do good to who? To all people. And that includes people in our family that we don't like. That includes people who have wronged us. That includes people who have hurt us, that we have to do good as Christ followers even if honestly we don't like them. Why? Because this law of the harvest, this principle of sowing and reaping, it absolutely applies to relationships. Matter of fact, this chapter in Galatians, this passage, usually when people are talking about this, they start referencing finances, right? That if you sow, if you give, if you're generous, that you're going to give back, that God's going to, he's going to bless you financially. And that's true, that, that that works in that context. But this context of what they're talking about in Galatians is actually relationships. And so it's not just about finances, it's about the relationships in our lives, and that we have a ho- we have an opportunity during the holiday season to invest and cultivate the relationships in our lives. And so, I want to stop for a moment and talk to you about the importance of the understanding the good news. Because here's what sometimes when we read this, and maybe like me, when you read a chapter like this and you start understanding the the principle of the law of the harvest and what you sow, what you reap, and I take a look at my life and I have worked to do some things where I've invested in doing good things, sowing good seed, being kind to people, putting God first, but I have done a lot of terrible things. I have done some amazing, I have hurt people. Why? Because Why? I'm human. I'm going to mess up. I have hurt people. I have lied. I have been stingy. I have been greedy. I've thought about myself. I've put myself first. And, and so if I start thinking that way, I'm like, uh-oh, I haven't sown a lot of good things. What am I going to do? Are those things going to come back to me? But see, here's what you got to understand. Just like that law of gravity is there and there's nothing you can do, it's there, whether you want to believe it or not. But when there's an outside force Something happens, right? What happens? You get into an airplane. That gravity is suspended as you fly around. Why? Because that law is there, but there's an outside force that comes in and takes care of it. And for a time, it's suspended and you're able to defy gravity. And what you've got to understand today, and here's the good news. That if you have not lived a life following after God, if you have lived a life and you have sowed the division, you've lived for your own flesh, your own desires, and you've been selfish and just thinking about yourself and living for what you can get, if you've just sowed those kinds of seeds into your life, here's what you've got to know. That just like that airplane is an external force, Jesus Christ is the external force in your life who has come to take the reaping for the things that we have sown in our life into others' lives. That just like that gravity can be suspended, Jesus can come and he can suspend the selfish, sinful nature that we've had in our life. And it's the good news, right? Because we deserve to be separated from God. The Bible teaches us in a verse that says the wages of sin is death. What is a sin? Something that separates us from God, living outside of his will. What are wages? Something that we've earned. When you go to work, you get a wage, you've earned it, right? It's what you deserve. And so the Bible is telling us that the wages, what we've earned from our sinful life is we deserve death. We've earned it. But the good news is that external force, Jesus, who comes and says, you know what, that is what you've sown, but I'm going to enter the equation. And instead of giving you death and destruction, being separated from me from all eternity, and living a terrible life here on this earth, no, 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 no. Jesus came and he took and paid the price, went to the death on the cross, so that we could have a fresh start, so that we could have a new life, so that we could have a relationship with God. Something that I want to help us understand today is that once we get saved, it does not nullify the law of the harvest, that it still is, applies in our life. And that if we want to cultivate a winning life, if we want to cultivate that in our relationships, in our, in our marriage, in our family, sometimes it requires us stepping up to the plate and being intentional, even when it's not something that we want to do. So I want to break this down for us today and take a look at four different things Four different ways that this law of the harvest applies and with this applies in our relationships. The first one is this. I reap where I sow. I reap where I sow. So if I am going to start a garden and I go plant some seeds in my yard, where is that garden going to grow? In my yard, right? I'm not gonna go outside and be like, I planted the seeds and look over in my neighbor's yard, it grew. You're like, wow, Brian, this is really hard. This is, it's basic, right? We get this. We understand. I reap where I sow. See, we have to be intentional to sow into the places that we want to reap. We have to be intentional in those relationships that in our marriage, if we want to see God do something, if we want to see him show up, if we want to see that marriage go from where it is now to where we know God wants it to be, we have to be intentional to sow into that relationship. If we want to have a relationship with our kids or with our grandkids, we have to be intentional to sow into that relationship. And it doesn't even just apply to our families. Maybe you've got a toxic work culture. And maybe you've got to spend some time sowing into that work culture to see it develop into what you believe that it could possibly be. See, I'm so thankful for the opportunities and something that I know that we reap where we sow. Um, for many of you who know some of our story before planting tree line, I was a part of a student ministry a youth group. I was a youth pastor in the state of Indiana. I was there for almost 11 years and we sowed into students and teenagers' lives. It was a lot of work. It took a lot of cultivating. Wanted to give up so many times. Sometimes it wondered if we were even making a difference. Was this even worth it, right? It's kind of like planting a church because that's what we did. It was a brand new church, brand new student ministry. Like, word, what are we doing here? But we sowed into that ministry. Take a look at this picture. Over Thanksgiving, I was able to travel back to Indiana, and they get together as a youth group every Thanksgiving. And this is just a handful of some of the alumni there that I got to visit who had come through through that student ministry all those years. And and here's what I want you to understand, that in ministry, this applies as well. When we do good things in our life, when we sowed into the lives, and I wish I could sit here and highlight story after story after story of God's faithfulness. And, you, and some of you, you know that you reap this harvest from this right now, because Garrett was a part of this youth group leading you in worship. He was a part of that sowing, that investing. Mark, who works with our kids almost every single week, if your kids have had a great time back there, you have reaped from that sowing, those years of cultivating, investing. And I wish I could tell you story after story. You guys have met Matt, who was in Ghana, and I could tell you the story of the people who've gotten married in this picture, who are starting families, following after God, putting Christ first in their marriage. People who are leading all kinds of ministries, people who are serving in their church, giving back, making a difference, investing into the next generations of youth and young adults, and on and on it goes. And I can't tell you how much this picture messes with me that we showed at the end of the video from Matt in Ghana. Take a look at this picture of Matt just holding this little boy's hand in Ghana. It just wrecks me every single time. Why? Because we chose to invest and sow into some teenagers' lives. And we cultivated and we worked hard, and it was hard work. It was thankless. It was dirty. It was messy. It was messy. Trust me. But now we are seeing missionaries. We're seeing students starting families following after Jesus. And I'm so thankful for the reaping that we are seeing in people's lives. But see, what we've got to understand, that we can sow to do good. And just like we're going to give this year-end giving, we're going to give to Christ at Christmas. And we're going to see all these people and these kids in Ghana. We're just going to see kids here in our own community. We're going to help a church plant in our own city. And we're going to see God do something with that seed that we sow. Sometimes we miss our own opportunity to sow in our own home, in our own family. See, the law of the harvest does not just apply to finances. It does not just apply to ministry. It doesn't just apply to doing good things. It absolutely applies to our family and to our home life and to our relationships. See, the most important people in our lives, I want to encourage you this week, don't don't go through the motions this Christmas season. Don't just give them a gift. Sow it into their lives. Sow blessings, sow kindness into them. See, the most important relationships that we have, we reap where we sow and we can cultivate and sow into the relationships in our lives. The second one, the second point today is that I reap what I sow. This is once again very simple. If I plant some corn, what's going to grow? Corn, right? If I plant some tomato seeds, what's going to shoot up there? Tomatoes. Matter of fact, my daughter yesterday, we were asking me, "Is it like a cucumber, a fruit, or a vegetable. Does anyone know? Anyone know what it's just, is it a fruit or vegetable? Anyone know? Anybody, you guys are like, look at me like it's a trick question. It's, it's a fruit. It's a fruit because it comes from a flower, has a seed, but we eat it like a vegetable. But anyway, like a tomato. But whatever we sow, we re- Tree line is not only spiritual, it is informational. Come on, somebody. Wikipedia up in here. So your mind is blown. Like, life change. Tweet that right now. <laughs> cucumber is a vegetable it's a fruit. Corn, apples, whatever we sow, what's going to come, right? If you plant an apple seed, what are you going to get? You're going to get an apple tree. You're not going to get a pear tree. You're going to get an apple tree. And so how do we know that? We can take a look at the teaching of Jesus and take a look at what he said here in Luke 6, starting in verse 37. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So you see what he's saying? If you sow judgment, that's what you're going to get back. If you sow condemnation, you're going to be condemned. But if you show forgiveness, you're going to be forgiven. And if you give, it will be given to you. So Jesus is telling us that we will reap what we sow. And that we have to understand how this applies in the relationships in our lives. And here's what I want you to hear me say today is I know this is not easy. And I've been preaching to myself this week because I know how difficult this can be because it's like, man, it would be really easy to sow and cultivate into those relationships in our lives if we kind of got along with them. Because sometimes, Brian, I don't even know if I love them, let alone like them, let alone love them, right? And so we can have some difficult people in our life and it can cause us to ask that question. Well, what about the difficult people? Well, take a look what it says in the book of James. (laughs) It says, for wherever you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. That's like a life verse for a dysfunctional family, right? I mean, come on, somebody. (laughs) You will find disorder and every evil practice. But take a look in verse 17. It says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace, loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit impartial and sincere. And then don't miss this in verse 18, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. See friends, in our families, in these relationships that are the most important, we can sow forgiveness. We can speak life into difficult situations. Matter of fact, you just want to get real and be honest. Sometimes saying nothing is the nicest thing you can say. Sometimes just saying nothing at all, just letting it roll off that, just mm, not gonna say anything. That's the most loving thing you could do in that moment for that person. And here, I wanna let you know it's not fair. And you may have been wronged. And it is easy to think, well, once they change, isn't it? Come on, is it just me? Come on, somebody. Once they change, then then God can, then I will. And I want to let you know, it doesn't matter if they change. In matter of fact, I just want to be honest with you. They may not change. Why? Because they have a free will. And you might sow that seed and it might bounce back because their heart is hard and they might not deserve it. But what I want you to understand and don't miss this today, they might not deserve it. They may have wronged you. They may be some sinful cuss. Who you think they should just, just get out, just go. I don't even want you a part of my family. But when you are doing it to them, you've got to understand you are doing this because it honors God. When you sow into those relationships, those people that God has placed into your life, it will honor God. You are sowing into God in those moments. And don't miss this because you catch in eight, verse 18 where it says peacemakers who sow in peace will reap the harvest of righteousness. Well, what does that mean? That if we're doing this for God, we will reap, that he will return it to us in righteousness. Simply put, God will make it all right. God is going to work it out. And here's what I want you to know here. And I was going to hear me to say this today. I would rather have God on my side than to be right. Do you catch that? I would rather have God on my side than just to say, hey, I was right. The third one, I know this is tough today, guys, and just stay with me. You're like, man, Brian, Merry Christmas to you, joy to the world, somebody. Come on, talk about those cucumbers again. Number three, I reap after I sow. I reap after I sow. Once again, this can be self-explanatory, but this is something that's really painful because it does take time. And sometimes the things that are the most incredible in our lives that bear the most fruit can take the longest. What do I mean by that? Sometimes you can sow some seeds and they come pretty quick, like grass seed, right? Come on, you know your kid like brought home the little cup and they put the grass seed and it's like a little hair and they put the face on it and you trim the hair, right? Because it's cute because grass grows quick, but grass is just grass. Like what do you do with that? And sometimes things that are more, like, think about a tree. Think about a fruit tree, how long it takes to plant that apple seed until it grows and nurtures and gets to a certain point where it's mature enough to bear that kind of fruit. And sometimes we've got to understand, sometimes the more drastic the results and sometimes the thing where that lasting fruit comes, sometimes it's just going to take some time for it to show up. And if you're like me, I don't like being patient. I want it now. I don't want to wait. Forget Kennywood waiting in the line. If there's an option to pay for that speed pass, I'm in because I don't want to wait in the line, right? Come on, I'm going to slip Santa that extra $25 after his shift's over so I don't have to wait in the line to get my kid a picture with Santa Claus. I don't like to wait. It's hard, but sometimes we got to understand it. why do we know this? Galatians 6, 9 says this, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap the harvest if we what? If we do not give up. See friends, it's so easy to get weary It's so easy to think, I've tried, I've said it, I've loved them, I've been kind, I've forgiven them, I'm not seeing the difference, but what you got to get is this word here, the proper time is the word kairos, and it means a divine moment. It means not in my time, not when it'll happen for me, but in the divine moment in God's timing. And I want you to hear me say this today, that if you have invested, you have sown, you've not seen the harvest in those relationships, God has not forgotten you. That he has seen you and he has noticed you. And I want to let you know today, and I want just to read this aloud today, because this might be a word for you this Christmas season. Just put your hand on your heart and read this out loud with me today so you can be encouraged. Galatians 6, 9 together. Let us not become weary. Oh, come on, somebody. I can't even hear you. Read this out loud like you mean it. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Come on, somebody. That may be a word for you this Christmas season, that do not give up, don't get weary, don't get quit. I know it might not be easy. You might not see the results right away, and you might not see the results for a long time, but you're not doing it for them. You're doing it to honor God and the relationships that he has placed in your life. Come on, somebody. I'm fired up today. We even got to 21 days of prayer and fasting. That's when the real party starts. Come on. You want to see Brian get really wired? be here in January. Number four, I reap in proportion to what I sow. I reap in proportion to what I sow. So, what's that mean? If you sow aggressively, and if you sow aggressively with God, He's going to reap back. You're going to reap aggressively. If you give stingily, and if you give a little bit, you're probably going to get a pretty crappy reaping, right? It's not going to be much, right? And this is true in every area of our life and we, in proportion to what I sow. I remember one time years ago was at my sister Jennifer's house and uh, in her backyard, we were right where they're hanging out and looked out the back window in their backyard, there was this one patch in the middle of the yard, which was the most lush, green, amazing grass you've ever seen. And it was just like this little one foot square of grass and the rest of the yard was brown. And I'm like... What is happening here? And she starts laughing. She's just cracking up. There was a little bear spot in the yard. And so she had this grass patch that is meant for like, you know, like a thousand square feet to put through your yard. Well, she dumped the entire contents of this bag in this one little square foot patch. And because of that, it was the most amazing. I mean, we just like were laying in it, rolling it. And we're like, look at this grass. It's and it was like life-changing patch of grass. Why? Because she reaped in proportion to what she sown. And she put every single bit of that grass, seed, even though she wasn't supposed to be, into that square. And that's the same thing in our life. We will reap in proportion to what we sow. Take a look at the words in Luke 6, 37, 38 again from the words of Jesus in this teaching on the law of the harvest. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and what you will be forgiven. Give and then what? It will be given to you. You get it? You see you're reaping and then here's the proportion to what I sow. If you give, it will be given to you. And how? In a good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over. It will be poured into your lap. Why? For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Well, what is all that about? What what does that mean? That it's gonna be a good measure. That when you sow and you sow and know Jesus is gonna come, that he's gonna do it, that his God's gonna work in your life, that it's gonna be a good measure. It's not gonna be some stingy portion. God's not gonna be like, well, you know, just give him a drop. No, it's gonna be a good measure. And then what does he say? He says, press it down, right? He says, get it in there and shake it out. What does that mean? Just shake out all the air, shake out all the species because I'm gonna give you such a blessing, you're not gonna be able to contain it. Just get all that air out of there and then shove it down. Press it. this is like a picture of you, some of you taking your trash out, right? It's like you get that trash bag out and you just got to shake the room so there's more room in that trash bag and you're standing on it trying to get more because I know I can get three more things in this trash bag it's the same picture of what our heavenly father does in our lives that he's saying push it down shake out the space I'm going to pour it not only that it's not even going to be able to contain it why it's going to be overflowing into your lap there's going to be such a blessing you're not going to be able to contain it See, friends, in due time, in his season, in that Kairos moment, God will come and he will avenge us and he will do what only he can do. You can never out God. The law of the harvest, I don't care what it is. I don't care what aspect of your life. I don't care if it's the finances. I don't care if it's in your relationships. I don't care what it is. You can never out God. He notices Your seed will not go unseen. The heavenly father knows and he is seen. And some of you have been wondering that this week. Some of you have been wondering that in this Christian God, do we even see? Do we even notice? I want you to know today that God says, yes, he is seen and he noticed. And He is with you and he is for you. Friends, I want to challenge you to act in faith. Speak life into those relationships. Speak life, show kindness, and your kindness will honor God. Even if you don't see the fruit immediately. Even if there's tension with that person, tension with those people, sow to please God because there will be a time, make no mistake, it's the law of the harvest, just like that gravity. If it goes up, it comes down. The law of the harvest is true. That if you sow it, there will be a time where God will return it to you. As we close today, I want to encourage you to not go through the motions this Christmas season. Don't just simply give the gifts. Don't just simply check them off the list. But choose to cultivate those primary relationships in your life. I know that's not easy. I know that's challenging. Some of you are like, Brian, if you knew my family. Come on, somebody. Everyone's family is broken. Every single one of us. Why? Because we're fallen. We're sinful. We're broken. All of us need Jesus. We're not better than them. God loves them just as much as he loves you and he went to the cross just as much for them as he did for you and he is desperate to have a relationship with them and maybe he's looking for someone who's going to be Christ to them even if they say, you know what, I don't want it. get out of here, but we're going to choose to say I'm going to cultivate it. Bow your heads and pray with me. Heavenly Father, God, I just pray that you would give us the courage that you would give us the bravery, that you would give us the will, that you would even give us the desire, Father God, to cultivate these relationships in our life this Christmas season. God, that we can be reminded that if we want a winning life, that we have got to cultivate it. I pray that we would be reminded, even though it might be difficult, even though that it might be hard, Lord, even though it might feel uncomfortable and uneasy at first, Lord, that we know that we are doing this unto you, Lord. And even if they don't receive it, God, we are sowing the seed and showing kindness to you, Lord. And we stand firm and believe, Lord, on that word in Galatians 6, 9, that we won't get weary, but in time, God, we will reap the harvest, God. And so, Lord, I just pray right now, Lord, I just even pray in this Christmas season, I just declare it, that Kairos moment, Father, God, to start clicking, to start happening, to see even some of those things that are sowing, that those seeds for years, God, that they would begin to see that harvest come. But God, even if they don't, Lord, they will not become weary. They will continue to sow, God, knowing that you are going to honor them and that you will avenge them by your spirit. God, reminded that peacemakers who sow into the spirit will reap righteousness, God, that you are going to make it all right, that you are going to work it out. Lord, we thank you. Today, while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I just want to give you an opportunity. As we talked about that law of gravity and that airplane would have to come, that outside force to suspend that law that brings us back down to the ground. And maybe in your life you have never said yes to Jesus. You've never encountered that outside force that helps us to not reap all of the destruction and sinful nature of simply living for ourselves. But that when you surrender your life to Jesus, when you say yes to God, when you believe what he has done, that you believe in Jesus, that he came, that he gave his life so that you could have a relationship with him, to take the punishment for your sins, your mess-ups, your screw-ups, your failures. So that we wouldn't have to reap that destruction to earn what we got in that separation from God. But no, instead we receive his grace and his mercy, his love, his forgiveness. And friends, you can't be good enough. You can't earn it. None of us deserve it. That's why it's the good news because it's a free gift from him. You simply just have to put your trust and your faith in him. If that's you today, and maybe for the first time, or maybe you've been following after Jesus and at some point you began to drift away, you weren't following after him. Maybe you thought you could do it on your own. Maybe you figured, you know what, I've got this. I can do this. I I don't need him. Whatever the reason was. Maybe it just innocently happened. You just drifted away. It wasn't even something you intended to happen. Mm doesn't matter. God has always been waiting with arms wide open to say welcome home if it's the first time or if you need to recommit your life to him while no one's looking around. I'm going to ask you to do something just while no one's looking around. Say, Brian, include me in that prayer. I want to say yes to a relationship with Jesus. Awesome. Anyone else? Okay, let's pray together. Repeat after me so that no one has to pray alone. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Come into my life. Make me new, fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all of my life. In Jesus name, amen. Hey, can we cheer for those who made a decision to come to Christ today? Best decision you could have ever made. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at treeline.church or on social media. Our mission is to see family trees change by a lifelong relationship with Jesus. We hope you can listen or join us next week.